order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont. And today, I'm going to do something that I've been asked to do for quite some time. And uh, finally, finally, I've gotten around to doing it, and that is a question and answer, a Q&A. I have compiled approximately, let's say, 65, 70 questions. Um, we're not going to get through all of them today, but we will break it up, and, and maybe we'll do uh, you know one session today and then one session on Thursday. But these are really good questions, and they really range from everything from you know what motivated me to become a lawyer to starting the podcast and all sorts of things. So if you have any interest in the law, being a lawyer, law school, the podcast, uh, what it's like to practice as a lawyer, any of those topics, then, then stay tuned because we're going to get through as many of these questions as we can. And on top of which, I think it's going to help us connect a little bit more. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for quite some time, and um, you know, I thank all of the fans who are loyal to the podcast, all the listeners who who regularly download the podcast, who listen to it, who comment, and I appreciate it. Um, but through these these Q and A's, I think you're going to get to see maybe a different side of me, and and a little bit more of a deeper explanation as to why I do what I do. All right, so let's start with question number one, which is what motivated me to become a lawyer? And this is really an interesting story because many of the people that I talk to who say, oh, you know, I went to law school because I remember growing up and uh, I, I, you know, was treated unfairly or my parents went through a divorce or I was in a car accident and nobody would help me or some form of I was wronged and I want to make sure that I get justice for everybody else. Well, that, that's not why I became a lawyer. You know, I, I knew going into law school that I really didn't have an interest necessarily in, in personal injury law. Um, you know, sure, as a lawyer, you have a desire to bring about justice for your clients, but not to the extent that some of the people that I went to law school with did because it was different. They were pulling from personal experiences where they had a bad childhood or something bad happened to them and the law was somehow involved and they didn't feel like they got a fair shake and so they wanted to sort of right that wrong. That's you know more of like a, a vendetta, if you will. That's not why I decided to be a lawyer. I was going to be a broadcast journalist. I had majored in communications and um, had done a lot of directing and even some anchoring on uh, college news and radio. I had run the radio station at my, my uh, university and um, was president of the Communications Honor Society. Everything that was... Um, you know, my path, everything was leading towards communications and broadcast journalism. And uh, in fact, as I had entered into my senior year, I was starting to entertain offers from small news stations throughout the country. I was going to go audition for some, um, they had a director's position for a home shopping channel. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool for an entry level. And 
So that's where I was going. And law school never crossed my mind. Never. I mean, I, like I said, I, I grew up normally, no issues that, you know, normal issues, right? But, but nothing where I was like on a quest for, for justice, just a normal childhood. And so, you know, get to college, get to, to my senior year, and I think I'm going to be in journalism, and I have this public speaking class. And at the time, I was, I was a competitive javelin thrower, but I had injured myself my last year, and, and I couldn't throw my last year of college. So I had started, you know, delving into bodybuilding and, and things like that. And I remember being at the gym that morning that I was supposed to do the presentation and thinking to myself, you know, senior year, I've done real well in this. I, I think what I'm going to do is something unique. I'm going to recite the words to a man of war song, but I'm going to do it in a way that it's like a motivational speech to, you know, an army of Vikings or a troop of soldiers or whatever. So I, I'm at the gym and I'm thinking about this. Probably should have thought about it before the gym, before the day of, but let, let's not judge me. And that's what I did. I, I, you know, wrote down the lyrics to a man of war song. And I went into the class. I, I still had my, uh, my, my workout clothes on and then get up in front of the class and I, I recite the lyrics to the song. And the next thing I know, people are clapping and the teacher says to me, uh, hey, when this is over, can I see you for a minute? So I thought, oh God, you know, she knows it's the lyrics to a song and she's going to bust me. But she says to me, you know, I know you're a communications major, but have you ever given any thought to being a lawyer? And I said, no. And she's like, well, I'm a lawyer. She said, and I'm teaching this public speaking class. She said, I'm a lawyer in Washington, D.C. I do a lot with uh, political stuff and lobbying and, and whatnot. And she's like, you are a really good public speaker. She said, you know, they've never seen a kid your age um, have such composure and be so compelling and, and whatnot. And I was like, oh, this is great. So she's like, you know, you really should look into it. So she said, you know, I'm going to, um, give you some information next class. So next class I go in and she does, she hands me a whole bunch of information about law schools and the LSAT. And so I take it home to my, my parents and I show my mother. And of course my mother was like the generation where, you know, when you grow up, what do you want your son to be? I want him to be a doctor. Or I want him to be a lawyer. You know, it was that mentality. And so my mother was thrilled. She was like, Oh my God, if they think you can be a lawyer. Oh, you should go to law school. So I, I, I looked into it as much as I could because, you know, the internet was just in its infancy. It wasn't like you could go on Google and search, um, you know, what's it like to be a lawyer. There was no YouTube. There was nobody giving, making videos explaining what it's like or what the profession is like or how it works or any of that. So it was like, okay, all right, you want me to try to go to law school or I'll take the LSAT so I was working at a general nutrition center over the summer and bought a book on LSAT and did it while I was there and then took the LSATs and did okay, surprisingly, because I've never been good at standardized testing. Um, and that's how it happened. It was a suggestion from a professor. It was a lot of encouragement from my mother and... Um, me thinking that, well, look, I like to argue with people. I like public speaking. And, um, 
you know, I like thinking. I like, I really like the intellectual parts of, you know, even if at the time I was doing directing um, for television shows and, and, and things like that in college, it was how, how can I think this problem through? How can I come, how can I come up with another solution? And um, so I, I really thought like, okay, public speaking, this love of, of solving problems and puzzles, uh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And that's, that's how it happened. So unlike a lot of my uh, colleagues and, and, you know, other acquaintances, some, some people say it's because of the money. I, I went to law school because of the money. Some people say I went to law school because I was seeking social justice and to, to right wrongs that are, are, are in this world. And no, I went because I thought that I would like it. And I was encouraged by a professor and that one woman, that one woman really changed where I was going in my life. And I wonder, I often wonder, you know, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And you build all these cliches about not looking into the past. But I always wonder, what would my life have been like if I hadn't gone to law school and I had pursued my career in broadcast journalism? And where would that have taken me? And I often get lost sometimes in thoughts thinking about that. It's kind of crazy to think about it. All right, next question. How did you choose your law school and what was the deciding factor? So here's the deal with this. And I want to tell you right off the bat, nothing that I've done has been conventional, nothing. So I took the LSATs at the last date you could take them, right? I didn't even, again, think about being a lawyer. It was this push from the professor and then the, you know, haranguing from my, my mother. So everything was last minute. So I took the LSATs at the last time possible, the last time that they were offered. Uh, I had applied to law school at the last minute. You know, like it was way beyond what some of the law schools were even accepting for the upcoming fall semester. So I had some schools say to me, oh, you missed the deadline to file, so we'll keep your application on for the following semester. Um, well, what happened is this. So I, I applied to a whole bunch of schools. Now, I knew I didn't want to go far, and I, I didn't even realize what the cost of law school was. I mean, it's, I was so naive. I just didn't fathom or understand at the time. You know, it was just like, oh, all this excitement about, wow, you're going to go to law school. And again, Keep in mind, like if you decided right now to go to law school, you'd go on to Google and you'd say, hey, how much does it cost to go to law school? And you'd get the answers. It wasn't like that before the Internet, before Google was really, you know, where it is. You know, th this is like I don't even think I had Internet access at my house at this time. I, I don't think I, I got AOL until I was first semester in law school. So all this research and decision-making was based off of books and things in the library and, and just, you know, whatever you could see on television, which was like LA law, which we all know was not realistic. Um, I had no family members that had gone to law school. I had nobody that, that was a lawyer that I could speak to that I knew. So it was kind of a, a shot in the dark. So anyway, I knew I didn't want to go far away. I applied to schools like Rutgers and Seton Hall and um, Brooklyn Law School and a couple others. 
uh, maybe NYU, some someplace like that. So the, most of them, I was told I had applied too late. And it was like, you know, sorry, try again next time. Um, but Brooklyn Law School said to me, you applied too late. And we have the daytime classes filled. So we're going to keep you on the wait list. And if, if it, something opens up, it'll be at night. So you'll go to school at night, and that's the best we can do for you because you, you, just, you were last minute Larry. So once I get something in my head, right, and I say I'm going to do this, then it becomes like a, a sickness, right? I, I've got to accomplish it, even from just a personal development standpoint. I've got to do it. So I called the Office of Admissions every day. And I, I'm not exaggerating. Every single day. And I called at the same time every single day. And I said, hey, anything open up yet? Hey, anything open up yet? It got to a point where the woman that answered the phone knew my name. She knew who I was. She knew I was going to call. She knew what I was calling about. And she became friendly with me. And I'd call and she'd say, oh, nothing yet, Peter. Nothing yet. And then one day, I got an email from, from them and that said, um, it wasn't an email, maybe it was a phone call or a letter. It was a letter. I don't even think I had email at the time. Yeah, I didn't have email. So I got a, a letter from them being accepted into to law school at the night program. And I was like, wow, you know, amazing. I was so excited. Um, and that's how I decided on law school. I mean, I, I, it, I didn't have a choice because I didn't want to wait till that following semester. So I applied I pushed and got in. And I'm going to tell you something. Like people, a lot of young uh, college kids, I, I do a lot of seminars. And a lot of college kids will say to me, you know, what, what can we learn from you about law school and this and that? You know, the one thing that I can tell you that is probably one of the greatest life lessons, and I, I even tell my own kids, if you want something, you have to be willing to work harder than everybody else and you have to push regardless of the odds. You know, the odds were clearly against me for getting into law school. Not because I did poorly on the LSATs or anything like that. It was just because I applied too late. You know, everybody else had their path set, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll do this. So if it hadn't been for me pushing and calling the admissions every day, I wouldn't have gotten in. You know, I, I kind of feel like they accepted me just because... Um, they could see how, you know, assertive I was and how, how desperately I wanted to go to law school because once I set my mind on that path, then I didn't want anything to stand in my way. So that's, that's a really good lesson I think that young students can, uh, can take away from the story. All right. Um, we've got some more. I tried to, to organize these in kind of like a chronological way so that we're talking about the same things. Um, and then progressing um, throughout. So how was my first year of law school and how did it shape my view of the legal profession? All right, so this is, this is a complicated question. I had no idea after my first year of law school what the hell was going on. It was foreign to me. The entire approach, the way that they teach law school with the Socratic method where you know, they, they ask you questions, and, and that's not what I was used to. I, I had no idea. 
So going at night, by the way, I had to get a job during the day. So I, I started law school working at a bookstore full time and then it was a small um, privately owned bookstore and then moving and then going to law school. And then eventually I, I started with paralegal jobs. So I'd leave from my full time job, get to law school, I had to drive into Brooklyn. By the time I drove into Brooklyn, parked, I was, I was barely making it to class. And then it's kind of like you started a second day because now you had three, four hours worth of school and then you had to drive home. So it was like you, you had your, your day life and then, you know, you had to be on for the classes because when you got called on and you didn't know what was going on, you know, you were embarrassed. So I, I never wanted to be embarrassed. And, and so that's, you know, kind of like uh, it was over overload, I guess, you know, and it was um, two days in one, if you know what I mean. And, and so that's how that, that started. However, however, the first year of law school, I, I, I really liked certain subjects, torts, like, like negligence and, and battery and things like that. And I was like, oh, I get this, right? Because there's cause and effect. There's things that happen. I remember not understanding real estate, property law. It was like, I, I just don't get where we're going with this because a lot of the cases that you would review were like super old, you know, like in 1692, right after the Salem witch trials, this happened. And, and you know, I was like, what, how is this relevant? Cause these cases aren't even, um, you know, used anymore to support any arguments. So after my first year of law school, my view of the legal profession, I had no idea what the legal profession was. None. None. I, I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to apply what I was learning. I didn't know how I was going to be a lawyer and what kind of lawyer I was going to be. Nothing. I knew nothing. It wasn't until I started working at the end of my second year of law school in a law firm as a paralegal that I started to have an understanding of how what I was learning was applicable to the profession. But I'm going to tell you, you know, all these years later, at 20 plus years of practicing law, very little of what you do or learn in law school is transferable to the actual practice of law. You might learn how to think like a lawyer, basic concepts, but when it comes to actually learning how to be a lawyer, you don't. It, you just don't. It is trial by fire. That's really what it comes down to. It is a learning on the job experience. You need to have the basic knowledge that you you get from law school, but you learn on the job. Trial by fire. All right, next question. Can you describe a typical day in law school? Well, this is tough because I didn't go to school during the day. And so the day students who were like, it was like an extension of college because it was a three-year program for day students. They'd go just like you went to college. You'd go to class every day. You'd be done. I went to school at night. It was a four-year program because you couldn't take as many courses because I was working full-time. And so it was an absolutely different experience. The people in my class or my classes were much older. Now, not all of them, but I would say 50% of the class were, were full-time workers. There were a lot of policemen. There were a lot of nurses and people who already had careers. There were a lot of people, a, a lot of people, much older than me. 
So, I mean, there were even some people in their 50s, 60s at the time. Completely different group than what you have during the day. So my typical day was I'd, I'd speed into Brooklyn, find a spot to park, run to the school, hop on the elevator, get to my class, and then, you know, try to eat a, a granola bar or a protein bar in between classes and go from class to class and then run to my car and go home. I didn't get home until like, one o'clock in the morning every night. So my experience is not typical. It is typical maybe of a night student, but not typical of somebody that went during the day. So you can't really take my experience and say, oh, this is what it's like. Because it's it's not. This is what it was like at, you know, evening classes. All right, next question. This is a really good one. How important are internships and clerkships in a legal career? Critical. Critical. Why? Why are they so important? Why do I think they're so important? Because you don't learn how to be a lawyer, like I just said a few minutes ago, in law school. You could come out of law school getting an A in every class. Your GPA could be a 4.0, and you could come out and not know how to practice law because it is a practice of law. It is not something you come out knowing how to do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's even different than going to medical school because at least in medical school, you learn how to do certain procedures. I mean, you're, you're practicing, not in law school. Yes, there's mock trial, and you can argue that, you know, you, you, you can um, try out certain um, fields of law in law school and these small group projects. And, okay, great. It's not practicing law. It's not. It's just not the same thing, right? I mean... You don't know what you're doing when you graduate. Anyway, um, the, the importance of an internship or a clerkship is that you get exposed to the in-the-trenches, day-to-day practice of law. You can apply some of the knowledge and skill sets that you develop in law school. You can apply them because of the practical knowledge that you're gaining. Now, I didn't get an internship and I didn't have a clerkship because I worked full time. So I worked as a paralegal and I was at a very large law firm on Wall Street and I was exposed to the practical applications of law. And that's, that's how I think I developed the ability to practice, to be a good lawyer because you don't learn anything in law school, transferable, okay, we made that clear. And unless you have somebody in the legal profession who can take you under their wing and show you how it goes, or if you've got a family member that might have a law practice of their own, um, sure, that's, that's, that's a different story. But if you are someone like myself, I had no legal background, no family members in law, no experiences in law. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just a green kid in law school working full time. Had I not had that full-time job as a paralegal, I don't know what my life would be like now. It was because of that work that I understood what it was like to be a lawyer. I'll tell you a quick story. My first week of working as a paralegal, I was assigned to a junior associate. So the structure at that law firm was, was you know, probably typical of, of a large, and when I say large, there were probably 400 lawyers worldwide. And so it was the senior partner, then it was the junior partner, then it was the associate, then it was the junior associate, and then there was the support staff, including myself as a paralegal at the time. 
I was not expecting what happened to me the first week. So the junior associate was handed down an assignment from his boss, the associate attorney, who in turn, like it's just, it's this trickle down thing. And he forgot to send something out uh, or to have his secretary send something out. And he got in trouble for it. He turned around and tried to blame me. Now, I had no idea about the importance of covering your ass, of writing inner office memos, of, of documenting things internally with your own team. Had it not been for the fact that his secretary heard the whole thing and didn't want me to get in trouble for something I didn't do because it wasn't my fault, she said to him, she didn't like him anyway, she said to him, you know, you're trying to blame the paralegal. You never handed the document to me. This was your fault. And so he ended up getting in trouble. Um, but it was at that moment that I learned probably the most valuable lesson. Cover your ass all the time. Whether it's with your adversaries, and obviously now I have my own firm, but you know, when you're at these big firms, you want to trust people, right? You're all working together for the same goal. But when, you know, push comes to shove, you're going to be thrown under the bus. So that experience, and that, that's, that's not even like the law, right? That's just dealing with lawyers because it's, it's a unique experience. You've got lawyers out there that are super nice, reasonable, easygoing, easy to deal with. They understand it's a job. They understand they have to zealously represent their clients, but they're not going to kill you over it. They're going to work with you. It's just, you know, being cooperative and, and, and getting, you know, getting through this together. And then there are lawyers out there that are backstabbers, some of the most horrible people that I've ever met that are miserable themselves and they want to make sure that everybody else is miserable. And, you know, that is something you have to be prepared for because, you know, it, it, it can be shocking. It can be um, something that you've never dealt with before. And so that lesson that I learned that first week of being a paralegal was critical. And then I started to realize the difference between the practical application of, of law and the experience of working in a law firm and the more intellectual information I was being given at law school. So yes, clerkships, internships, getting a job as a paralegal, working at a law firm, critical. I would recommend it to everybody. It is something that is going to benefit you. Um, and I'll tell you that there are some people that I know that went to law school their first semester, decided that they were going to do an internship and realized that they hated the law so much that they dropped out. Now you might say, well, why is that good? Well, because they probably saved themselves $200,000, right? So if they paid for the semester and then they got out, they were smart because now they're not saddled with debt and, and have a degree that they're never going to use or have no desire to, 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 to you know, engage in the practice of law. So having an internship, a clerkship, being a paralegal, super, super important, super important. All right, uh, this is the last question we're going to get to. I talked too much, but I will, um, we'll, we'll do one more um, session of these Q&As. But this is the last question we're going to hit today. What advice would you give to law students preparing for the bar exam? Take a course, plain and simple. So my father-in-law, 
um, was a lawyer. Now, remember I told you I had nobody in my family that was a lawyer. I, I didn't. I went to law school. I met my my wife, my current wife, my, you know, my wife, my only wife. I don't know what I'm saying here. Um, while I was in law school. And I was working full time and I, I, I met her and, and she wasn't a lawyer. And her father happened to be a lawyer. And he, he became a lawyer much later in life. So I didn't really get much in the way of advice from, from him. I, I didn't even know him that well. So we were struggling, you know, financially when we were first dating, obviously, like everybody does. And, uh, you know, I, I was looking at studying for the bar exam and taking these bar prep courses. And the, the, the price of these courses was just so much. It was astronomical. It was way out of my price range at the time. And I, I was sort of like on the fence and trying to convince myself that, I needed to do this, even though the price tag was so high, and try to figure out how I was going to get the money. So I'll never forget one one night I was over at my my at that point future father in law's house, and he basically said to me, "You know, you don't need to take an exam. You know, you don't need that. Just um, just study, just go through the prep books. You you really don't need an a, a prep course." And you know, I listened. Because why wouldn't I listen? I, I didn't have the money. So when somebody encouraged me not to take it, I was like, all right, this is great. You know, good, good. I don't need it. And convinced myself I didn't need it. And man, did I struggle. I passed. But what an absolute nightmare. Nightmare struggle. I locked myself in a library for a month. It was horrible. I still wake up 20 something years later, panicked over it. And I realized from a lot of my colleagues and friends, how important taking a review course actually is. They teach you tricks. They help you understand what the questions are. Now, I know, obviously, that the bar exam has changed slightly from when I took it all those years ago, but the principles are the same, and the review courses are still out there, and maybe now you can do review courses online instead of having to go into a physical location, and maybe there's different pricing options, and again, I mean, I, I didn't have YouTube. I, I bet you could even search YouTube and learn how to take the bar exam, um, but I cannot say more than I already have about the importance of taking a review course. It will save you time, aggravation, frustration. It is worth the money that you spend on it. It is not worth doing what I did. It is not worth studying for 12 hours a day, trying to just learn and read and know everything. The books don't teach you enough about the strategy of taking the test. It was just, just so laborious. And I'm not saying that by taking the course, studying for the bar exams, a breeze. It's not. It's still very, very cumbersome and time-consuming. It, it's not easy. But it is so much easier because the kids that I knew that took the courses... After the bar exam, they were like, oh, 
all these tricks that we learned. Oh, I saw this one. I saw this one. I saw that one. And I was like, oh my, are you kidding me? Here I am like racking my brains and trying to know everything. And meanwhile, there was a way to solve that problem without doing what I was doing. So how important is um, a review course? Critical. It's worth the money. You won't regret it. Um, Don't do what I did. All right, well, let me know in the comments um, or by sending me a message on, on social media. Let me know how you like this. This is the first time I've ever done a Q&A on the podcast, and it's been years people have been sending me questions and saying, hey, could you talk about this on the podcast? And, you know, we always stick with um, legal news, pop culture kind of, of, of podcast. Now, this I hope hope this wasn't boring for you, and I hope that this wasn't so dry that you, uh, you tuned out. But... Um, hopefully it gives you some insight and, and some information about being a, a law student, going to law school. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, depending upon the feedback we get, if, if you like this, if this is helpful, if you're enjoying this, then I'm going to do another session and try to get through a few more of the questions. And uh, then we'll get back to our regular programming. I just thought this was a fun thing to do. People have been asking me for years and, and I've just not been able to do it. So did it this week and and again if you like it comment and then i'll do it again on thursday all right that's going to do it for this episode thanks for joining me make sure you subscribe and tell your family and friends about utl radio we're available everywhere you get your podcasts i'll see you next time thanks for listening to understanding the law radio if you haven't done so already make sure that you subscribe to the podcast we're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts including amazon apple music spotify iHeartRadio, and many more Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.